Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Bucked Up Podcast. If you wouldn't mind just hitting the subscribe button, like, sharing the video. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Enjoy. Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to say that this episode is sponsored by North Carolina Underground Hip Hop Titans, E the Mad Assassin, and Seven to Panther. They uh, recently joined forces with Polish producer Slide Beats to present their newest album, Carter and Newton, The Field Report, with a bonus track produced by Drug Beats. This album is drawing inspiration from the 97 classic debut, The War Report by Capone and Noriega. Uh, the West Coast transplants combine their respective aliases, Seven as Young Bunchy Carter and E as Graham Newton, to form their version of CNN to take The War Report into the field. Carter and Newton, The Field Report, is currently available wherever you listen to music on all streaming platforms. Welcome to the episode. It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Now he fucked up! 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 Now you have fucked up! Like, I was just reading over all of her important shit. I'm like nine years old. Mm. It's, uh... So, I... Also, at the same time, like I, I enjoyed the the praise and adulation that I would get from, like, at school. Mm-hmm. But then in my home life, or just like in the neighborhood period, when people find out that you had that sort of gift, like they either want to start testing you, or have you do stuff for them, you know. So I also developed a way to kind of hide. Like I'm, I think that's where my sense of humor came from, like hiding that I was smart. That happened to me. Not not in a smart way, but like feeling like you have something that you have to like hide as a kid, like makes you kind of section off, yeah. and then you kind of think a lot. You get in your own brain, and that kind of builds your probably your sense of humor and your thought process. And then when you kind of break out into like, oh, I can be who I truly am, all those years of like hiding actually can blossom into something yeah. else. I just, I'm realizing this as I'm talking to you. I realize, so w- what ended up happening is being funny, you get to be smart without the pressure of knowing how to do shit. You know? So it's, because it's, you're, you're being clever. You're being, you know, you're finding ways to turn a situation into a humorous situation, which takes a lot of brain power. Yeah. But then somebody's knocking, hey, can you fix my computer? You know? So. Because you can use that discipline, because I feel like you there is something you you have to have a certain level of intelligence to know that discipline over a long period of time and figuring things out that way yeah. will make you successful. You can use that in other ways. Like maybe I'm not going to want to go to school, go to school for 8 years and get my masters and but I can grind and I know how to build a podcast from nothing. Like That's something. with the help of like for re- like you yeah. you can use same with you like yeah. You use that and now you're So I, I would feel like if I if if I the the thing that I use my intelligence for that benefits me the most is the relationship that I have with my wife. Like we have a really good relationship. We we communicate really well. And uh that's because we I we both understand the effort that it takes. That's actually something I really wanted to talk to you about, and I'm glad we're getting into it early, is um a reason you said earlier you were you were with your wife since college, mm-hmm. and you're how old are you now? Forty one. So that's a long time. 
It is a long time. We've been together for 21 years. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's funny. Ani's <laughs> clip cheer. A reason. <laughs> that's said, just Ani. Ani's a chick. <laughs> <laughs> I said Ani's cheering, but. <laughs> Iris just looked so upset at her cheering. <laughs> he just looked so upset at her. But a reason I started this podcast, honestly, is because I was in a relationship and I was broken up with, and that girl told me that I need to get my shit together in a real way. Yeah. And I had to take a real look at myself. And this started off as a self-help podcast. I now interview a lot of rappers <laughs> and comedians and artists, but it started off as being like, I need to learn how not to be an asshole because this person that I loved told me I was an asshole. Yeah. So like, I wanted to talk to you about like being a comedian, building a relationship from college, living that like, that is something that not a lot of people get to do or are able to do. Well, I think get to do is a better way to say it because it's, it's lucky. You're, you're lucky, right? Because just me alone having the will to be, to, to adapt to be in a good relationship isn't enough because you need another person that's also willing to adapt to be in a relationship. And that was the first time I ever said it like that because what I would normally say is sacrifice, but I think that's an ugly way to say it because what you're doing is you're adapting. Like you can look at it as sacrificing. You have to give up some of the stuff that you uh, probably like prefer to not give up in order to be in a relationship. But you know, humans are the most adaptable creatures on earth. You you can you can handle that, you know. So it's really she she's a very uh, we're like samurai people, man. You know. So it's like really hard to look her in the eyes and be like. Like I, I I can't stop talking to women. I can't, you know, or just whatever, whatever the, the yeah. thing would be. It's just like, oh, you can't, you don't have the will to do that. I would never want to face her trying to argue that. Did you have that from the beginning, or is that something that is you you had to like build over time? I don't I don't know, man. I don't like uh, like my mom is a big liar, you know, and and she was constantly managing the lies of her life. And I would see that as a Would kid. she tell you to lie? And like you, when you were a kid, like... You... I am a masterful liar. My, my, so my mom is a liar. My uncle that I'm named after is an actual con artist. So, you know, I was taught how... I was, before I was taught that people should have integrity, uh, honestly, I was never taught by my family that you should... Like, if you, if you say you're going to do something, do it. Then ne I never was taught that <laughs> by my family. It was like... Say what makes people feel good. Yeah. <laughs> and just live your life, dude. <laughs> That's so my mine was yeah, mine was if you tell people certain things, no matter how close you are to them, they'll use that against you. So don't tell anyone anything. Well, that's how I have to treat my mom because that's how my mom is with information. Like if any information she has is all right, I'll figure out how to use that when I need it. You know, and it, it could be good news. Mm -hmm. You know? So uh when I when I went to Lafayette, right, the first year there, I did not go to class. Only classes I went to were classes where I was trying to talk to some hot chick and didn't open a notebook, never took a note, which they all found impressive. You know, you're at this school, this really tough school, you're not even opening a book. And I'm like active with the teach because I know how to like make myself look cool. Yeah. So I'm like asking questions, smart questions. 
I'm looking smart. Meanwhile, I'm failing every test because I'm not I'm not studying at home. I'm flunking out of college, but I'm impressing chicks. So know? the child prodigy it, that wasn't carrying you through college. Well, you so my. I, that was math. So that was like I was. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure if you were also, like, dude. I got oh. caught up in math too. I got fucked up in math too. Because I thought you yeah. were like, oh, I wasn't open the book and I was still acing the test. No, you no, were no. failing and shit. The thing is, you can't know what you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. And there's certain things about math, like yeah, if you just have numbers, but when you start to use functions and starting to use um, like different different writing different proofs things, and shit. Base well, proofs not the same because proofs are mostly geometry, right? And algebra. Right, if you really break them down, it's just mostly. Ge- but when you're talking about, I'm talking about like that's how little I know about math. I just said the most dumb <laughs> yeah, shit yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I just mansplained math to I'm you. I'm over here thinking like, yeah. what's a proof? Like, okay, yeah. shows how far I went in math. But come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, proofs are just basic. Oh man, I think yeah. I might have had too much weed now. <laughs> but it, it's like this equals th- like the transitive property. No, proof, I yeah. Right. It's um. So it's a theorem that's proved. Now it's a proof. Otherwise, it's just a theorem, right? So, uh, so what I'm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you this, got <laughs> fucked up in math because yeah. you were so, going to But it was like I wasn't look. I wasn't studying. I wasn't looking at any of this stuff. And so there's a, a point when you get into math. If you don't know what certain uh, letters mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to do the math. Yeah. Right. It's just impossible. And I was at that point, and I wasn't really trying. And um. So, yeah, so I ended, I got kicked out of college after my first year. But because I was such a talented student, they wanted me back. Like Laf- So Lafayette kicked me out, but they made me sign an agreement that I would only come back to that school. So they're like, get, go get your shit together yeah. and come back. Yeah. So wow. I, came, I came back, and um, that's what I met. Who is now my wife, right? How soon after coming back? Uh, October. Came back September, matter October. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was I was probably gonna quit college actually because it was like the amount that I was gonna have to apply myself to succeed. I didn't want to do because it was like if I'm if I'm it was hard to not channel all of my energy at college to fucking chicks. That was very difficult for me, right? And. Uh, Actually, I wouldn't even say that I managed to get out of college without that being the case, right? But until I met uh, Ansley, it was like, I was like, I'm, this isn't, I don't think I can do this. I was like, I just don't think I can do this. And she, uh, she goes, you need to stop feeling sorry for yourself. And she told me to get my shit together. And I was just like, oh, I think I love you. <laughs> it was because that, that's how I saw myself. Like the way she talked, the way she was talking to me, the way she was disgusted at the way I was talking to her was right. Because I saw myself as a person where if I was talking like that, it would be disgusting. Right? But I wasn't conducting myself that way. And she was just like, dude, fucking be who you say you are. And I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like, I mean, up until then, everybody was just so impressed with me. There was there was nobody to be like, you need to get your shit together. Like if if I was ever like, this is hard, they'd be like, yeah, hey, it must be hard. If he's if he's saying it's hard, it's hard. Yeah. He just this is what hard is, by the way. Sydney found it, you know. So, yeah, I was I never, 
I never had. She was the first person to be like, "Stop being a bitch," <laughs> which is weird because I was such a bitch. Yeah, you would have thought it was. It would have came a lot because you like because describe you described earlier like the will and the samurai like. You met you met your ma- not your match but someone who like can call you out on your shit like when I was called out on my shit I didn't get it right away yeah and that's why it didn't you know yeah 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 I, I was an ang- I was an angry person I am an angry person so like when I feel small I'll get I'll try to be like start yelling and get mad yeah. and then everyone around me is like oh no Sam's like he's the nicest guy ever like he's such a nice guy but then you talk to like exes and shit and they're like yeah until he feels small and then he's a yeller and he says mean shit yeah i'm a, i'm dude i'm a spiteful person so when somebody's trying to belittle me i purposely shrink and let them get bigger and bigger until they get off balance and then i fucking kill them <laughs> i'm evil that's where the your knowledge that's where you're yeah. smart you can use that yeah, i play the long game <laughs> my relationship <laughs> yeah you care about burning bridges um no and it's unf- it's unfortunate you know and that's just because um it's funny i was just talking about this i came from i come from a long line of table flippers man like i, I you know like i said i was growing up being i never was told that you have to do what you say you're gonna do and no expectation of like not being a, an animal in any situation so i mean my, my so my mom used to we got evicted from every house that i ever lived in I don't think I ever lived anywhere as a kid, but between before I was in sixth grade, when um, I went off and stopped living with my mom, I never lived anywhere longer than a year. Where'd you go when you were in sixth grade? I uh, went to my grandma's house. Yeah, and uh, but before then, I think eight months per spot was about legitimate, and then like weird transitional living situations in between finding more s- semi-permanent. <laughs> residents you know and uh man i think i forgot oh yeah so so one time my mom was uh getting evicted from a place as is normal right and the uh the landlord was at our door and my, my mom's super charming by the way she's a really pretty lady super charming and we're now at this place five months overdue rent right and which means she stopped paying at month three and then she just charmed her way into like four months. And now this fifth month, it's gone too far. Right. So now he's like, I can't keep doing this. I can't, I, you, I can't keep letting you live here free. And he said, like, he must have said, I'm not a charity or I'm not a whatever. And my mom just like hauled off on him and started like, like she hit him with a chair. There was a chair sitting right by her. She picked up the chair, hit him with the chair. Like he, he's like now retreating. You know, because this woman's fucking insane. Yeah. You know, and um, she's like throwing stuff at him as he's leaving, like from the house, like throwing, like she took a mirror off the wall and threw it at him. Like she threw it at him ninja star style. You know, it was like a square mirror where if that would have hit him, that would have went inside of him. Yeah. You know, she's lucky women can't aim. <laughs> you know what I'm she saying? She threw like a bitch. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, listen, I call them women. <laughs> you can say whatever you want to say. In my house, we call them women. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so my mom's flipping out, right? And keep in mind, she's flipping out on this man because he only asked for the money that she owes for 
overdue rent. And um, I'm freaking, I'm scared now. I think my mom's going to prison. Yeah. I'm freaking out. I'm crying. She, t- she like gets you me. You ever like, see her freak out like this? Like, did she ever freak out like this at you and shit? Um, at, I don't know. She never really had to at me. I was afraid of her. Mm-hmm. You know, like she was, uh, you know, and, and I also learned how to work her eventually. Right. But I mean, she was a fighter. She fought a lot of people. I yeah. saw her fight a lot of people. She's a really good fighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but so when I'm, I'm telling her, like, why did you do that? I asked her why she did that. And I'll never forget like this, this, I think about this almost every night before I go to bed. Her answer for why she attacked that man, she said, I'm not going to let him talk to me like that in my house. And even as a kid, I was like, in my head, like, mom, this is his house. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, he was talking to you like that. She just didn't get it. She didn't get it, right? It's uh, So I knew... I knew early on I was being raised by psychopaths to some degree, you know. So I don't know how I got on, why I got on that. But whoever's listening, they're like, "Yeah, that fucking that made sense." <laughs> that all buttoned up. So where did you, <laughs> so where did you find? Were you born with the math gift, or what? Did was that a retreat from all of this? Like, so that's that's an interesting question, man. Because um, I don't remember it until after I was hit by a car. You know what? Head trauma changed my life too. Yeah, I know. I do. When I say that, you don't you don't meet those people until somebody's bold enough to say it. Yeah, because we sound like crazy people. Yeah, it's hard to explain to somebody. Like, no, I was in the hospital for I was in a coma for like two weeks. How old hospital, were you? Uh, the summer between third and fourth grade. You were hit by a car. Yeah, I was. I was blasted by it. What car, happened? Um, I was in the street. <laughs> car hit me. <laughs> I mean, was it like a drunk driver? Was it like you walked out? He was, out uh, he, was the... he was tipsy, but no more tipsy than you know people driving Pottstown. It was like I mean, I, I feel bad about this because so my cousin, I was at a rec center. And my cousin was like, "Hey, you want to go to the store?" There was a dog across the street that we would try to get chased by, but you know he was trying to get, he was trying to get me to get chased by this dog with him. I didn't want to, but he was pushing me to get me to run to start. The chase, but he pushed me into the street and I got hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things. Where it's it ru- like it ruined my cousin's life. <laughs> 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 he was never the same since. <laughs> and you got a math gift. Fuck him. <laughs> you learn. You got a gift for math. He had his life ruined. <laughs> you got the love of your life. <laughs> Dude, he like ran away from home. He's like, they changed his fucking life, man. <laughs> oh they say this podcast isn't <laughs> funny. <laughs> but it, it changed two lives, and that's what's unfortunate because I feel like I'm not. I changed a lot. I, of I came, lives. I'm the only one in that situation that things came up good for. It is wild. It's absolutely wild. So. Because the guy that hit me was a little tipsy. He wasn't drunk. He was tipsy. There's no way he could have avoided me. That was a freak situation. Kid pushed you in the street. Cousin, but he has there. alcohol in his breath. So the first thing he does is panic and he tries to flee. Right? He gets caught by witnesses and brought back to the situation. Right? So now he's not, even, he's not only being charged with fleeing a situation, but he was tested for 
al- he has alcohol in his breath. Yeah. So now he's a drunk driver fleeing the situation, hit, hit a kid. Guy, his life was destroyed. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed. His daughter was in my grade my whole life. Like, we were in the same homeroom all through high school. Her life was negatively affected because she had a shitty dad because he... Can you ever can you imagine being financially ruined? Just like bankrupted, nothing. Your wife leaves you. Like you and now now you're like scraping by. He he spent his whole entire life trying to pay for hitting me with a car. That's where all his money was going. You know, that's where all his efforts were going. So I don't know, listen, I don't know if he drank before, but I, that couldn't have helped. And then now I'm in homeroom with this chick that is like a friend of mine who has a shitty dad. And again, I can't. She say he... taking it out on you at all? Oh God, no, no. She's awesome. Like, you know, when you grow up with shitty parents, you have a sense of awareness where you're like, that's them. Yeah. Like she was in my she was in my gifted classes. Like she's a talented person. So she was just like, no, nah, that's yeah, that's him. You ever know what ha- happened to him? No, I try not to. It was it was not. That well. must be a really yeah yeah. And Dude, you came out. I have done nothing. Have you thought about that situation? Like, what are what's the pos the probability, the possibility? Like, what the f- like? Well, you, are you, you trying come, to find out? You how deeply in, are you a math nerd, dude? Are you calculating probabilities on you getting hit? I'm by also a car? asking about if you have any belief in like omen spirituality, any of that shit. I think I am a deeply spiritual man. Uh, I don't know what you know, but I mean by omen though. Um, I mean it in the way by The Alchemist. I say it a lot. Okay. The book The Alchemist, just yeah, yeah, like yeah. how things on your life lead you on the path that if you follow the things you're supposed to do, you'll end up on the path to being your yeah. best self. I think that's, I do believe that. But I also, uh, I feel like I have enough life experience to know that it's only true if you believe it. Right? Because. And disciplined. Yeah, but if, if you believe that it's true, you'll have the discipline because you'll you'll want to be ready. Right? And so, uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the first situation where I left a wake of destruction, right? When I was a, a young kid, four years old, I, I burned my house down. It was a Rojo. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're getting the deep uh, cut. <laughs> you're getting the deep cut, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, I so my- what happened? Yeah, so... Uh, I burned my house down. So my sister, mom's house. Yeah, it was. It was so. Yeah, it was. Uh, my sister was downstairs with her friend. They were behind this chair. It was like a, like kind of this this material, this plush kind of like. It, but it was back in the eighties though, so it was like before yeah. the, this 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 went out of vogue for a while. This is like back in right. So it was a couch like this, and she was behind it. It was like so big that they could be behind it in the corner, and they were like smoking cigarettes and stuff. And I came down. And they thought my, I was my mom, so they ran away grabbed their cigarettes, left a Zippo lighter behind the cap, the couch. So I got back there, figured out how to get it on, which I thought was very impressive, right? And then I start doing fucking Zippo lighter tricks right away. I'm like flipping it closed, <laughs> doing all that stuff. Then the lighter got close to the back of the couch, and it burned a tiny little hole in it. Just melted a tiny little hole. And I'm like, well, that's sick. <laughs> so now I'm just like drawing pictures. Like on the back of the couch, like melting holes, in sh- which I thought you would appreciate, Ani. I'm making art. Thank you very much. 100%. Fire you. was your medium. Thank I you. support it. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, it, I, the lighter got hot. And at one point, 
I burned so many holes in the spot that there was just like not a lot of structural integrity. The lighter got hot and I threw it and it hit that spot and went into the couch. Still on. Because you know you know the, the, the beauty of a zipper lighter is it doesn't it, like, go high up. wind, you yeah. know. Threw it in there, couch went up. I jumped off the couch, ran upstairs, uh, knocked on my mom's door as I did it, the house on fire. She was like, Stop lying. So I just got in my bed, put the covers on my head. And uh, she was pregnant with my brother. And um, she, yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's, so she pulls me, she like smells smoke, runs into my room, like lit, like I don't even remember her ripping the covers off me. Next thing I know, I'm on her shoulders in my underwear. I don't know why she undressed me, but uh, no, I'm, I was in my underwear. I'm just kidding. I was in my underwear. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. I just am in my peripheral vision looking at Ani reacting to this story. And you yeah. listeners can't see, but. I know. She was like, they were like very tense. Yeah. Like, yeah, I got to yeah. break this tension. This is too much. Uh, so she runs downstairs. And this was like, you know, the 80s. We had all these. Uh, like vines on the ceiling and stuff. So it was like everything was on fire already. Wick, like my mom's like really artistic. She's a, like she's like a, a fucking art mm. savant. Like you give her a room and, you know, shapes and she, you come back in, it's like, oh my God, who did this? You know, yeah. she's brilliant at that. And our house was like over the top and everything's on fire. Um, so my whole house burned down, all the way down. The house next to Can that. I just real quick yeah. I have to interrupt. You say that, but you're also saying she has to move. So that means every time you move, she had to set all this shit up. Well, here's the beauty <laughs> of being artistically brilliant like that. You give my mom thirty dollars in a flea market, you would think she had professional decorators in there. All right. So it, it didn't take much. You Respect. Know? Yeah, Back yeah, to the yeah. house being burned down. Yeah, so uh my whole house down. The whole house next to me, pretty much down, and then the house next to that, like three quarters of the way down. So, all those families just fucking out on the street now. And then, again, I was I was a kid, so I didn't know, I didn't have enough clarity on these people's lives beforehand. But afterwards, I know that the people that were living in the house right next to me, uh, they fell on hard times. The woman got really badly on drugs. And um, the house next to that was it just like I was just destroying lives my whole life, and then and then for me it was just like was there fi- did your mom have to do like pay anything was there no no my mom uh, it was uh, I don't know what it was ex- how it was ex- no no it was it was um she's a good liar she was a good liar but it was also uh, <laughs> she we we lived in a government subsidized. Housing oh, okay. complex, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So it was. Uh, she did. They did find out that it was me. I don't know why she didn't have to pay, you know, because of the people that were in that situation, we were the only people that got a house again. Damn, dude, it was crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, and and the day we were moving back, like moving into the new place, is when my mom sat me down and she was like, "If you tell the truth, the truth will set you free." Did you? Set the house on fire, and that's I admitted it. But they had already had the zipper lighter, and you know, they knew, yeah, they knew it was me by then. But uh, yeah, damn. Well, is that so? She told you to tell the truth. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what that was about because that was the only time that ever happened. Yeah, that's why the reason. That's the reason I bring it up. Yes, yeah. because like before you were like, oh no, she was like lie about. 
Yeah, and, and she lied about. Maybe that's why you don't have to pay if she was like, if you, you can get the kid to admit it. I mean, I, I only I only admitted in front of her. I mean, she oh oh, in front of I yeah, thought you yeah. had to be like in court. Oh no like. no no, it was just me and her in the house. You know, damn. And uh, I remember her telling me like, if you if you tell the truth, nothing will happen. I promise you. And I was like, all right. And I told the truth. And then like nothing happened then, but I swear to God, this is no bullshit. I'm not even saying this for comedic effect. The next week, uh, I broke a vase. And that was ice. That's the only ass whooping I ever got in my life. <laughs> like, dude, she, that makes sense. She was taking was like, the anger out. Man, she was taking. I feel like she beat me for two straight days. Just over. Yeah, she cried. My mom, she beat me, stopped, cried, got herself together, beat me again. <laughs> And she didn't once mention the house being burned down, but there was just a Zippo lighter off at the corner. <laughs> That's funny. Damn, but the wake. All right, now I kind of get the, like, you wanting to be disciplined. and But all right, uh, there's a lot of ways we can go from this, but I want to say you remember being good at math after... The accident yeah, after, after you came accident. back. I want to go back oh, to that oh, real quick. My, my, my mom claims otherwise, right? Because she's because apparently she had to talk the school out of uh, pushing me up a grade, and that was before the accident. Mm. So, I it, you know it's hard to really pimp because with head trauma you forget a lot of the like exact. I don't. I barely. Which is weird because I barely remember anything before that. But I remember everything very crystal clear after that. Like from like remember my I got very vivid memories of my childhood. Were you a different person at all after the head trauma? Again, I would say yes. And it's funny you say like circumstances then like you're talking about the people's lives you affected afterwards. Like mm -hmm. when I got in my head trauma, I don't know how much of it was I was affected by it. Or the repercussions of how people around me dealt with it then made me change as a person. Yeah, I, that's that's one thing I've always been hyper aware of. I mean, I, and again, I, I would say that I noticed it after the head traumas. I'm hyper aware of my consequences for other people, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, so like, which I, is funny that you said you'd burn bridges now. Yeah, I mean, they have to deal with consequences too. Mm -hmm. We live on a planet. You know, you know what I mean. We're we're, we're people. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I I do think about. It. I I mean, I'm I'm so I was uh, recently escorted out of CVS by cops. <laughs> <laughs> this is the deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Listen, I live my life one confrontation at a time. Uh, there's just gonna be a cut of this podcast of me going, and then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was it was just over dumb vaccine stuff, man. It was like my paperwork wasn't right. They made me go back home and get my card, and then I went back home and got it and realized that they didn't need it, which I said they didn't need it before they. I went all the way back home and got it, and then this lady like rolled her eyes and sucked her teeth at me, and then the fucking table flipper came out, and it was just I just. And then you like, were your mom after you broke the vase. You were like, I'm taking dude, all this energy out on you. I was something my mom <laughs> wishes she could be. <laughs> Do you know, like, because like, my yeah, mom, to get the cops yeah. to come to CVS, were you in New York? And or was take my thing? side, by the way. They came to CVS and took my side. 
a black man in CVS screaming during a pandemic, this is all fake. They took my side. <laughs> I'm the fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like so it was pissing me off that I had to have this card is so important, but it's on it's on paper written in pen. And I started accusing them of selling cards, selling these blank cards to people. Okay. <laughs> which is completely out of nowhere. That's out of thin air. <laughs> you ever want to be a lawyer? <laughs> my mom was my mom that was my mom's dream for me to be a lawyer. My mom my grandma wanted me to be a psychiatrist. Yeah? Yeah. Well you have a knack for uh being open to people. Yeah. Yeah. But I would rather just smoke weed and have a podcast than like go to school for psychiatry. Like this yeah. is legit the same like this is the same thing for me. She knew your interest. Yeah. She could see it in you. Yeah. Yeah. She well, just didn't well, know I really loved weed. <laughs> yeah, well she's from a different era. <laughs> what did what, what, what did she do? My grandma? Yeah. She was the head of like event planning for Johns Hopkins for the hospital. She's, like, a, she's she a people schmoozer. Yeah. Yeah, she knows yeah. people. And then my mom's a teacher. But you know that that's one of the things that they do. Your, your your grandma, she probably had a really good knack at being able to see a person, watch how they get down and pinpoint their interest. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's how she can like lead them in conversation and, you know. Except when she met my first girlfriend when I did comedy, she was like, "He was ne he never was funny." <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah. What was she right? I wasn't funny around them <laughs> because I was so scared to be open. I was so scared to be my actual self. Sam, the question was, was she right? And it sounds like the answer was yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because on yeah. if I think back to it, it was because I was super scared of to like show my true self. Yeah. That's and fair. then like we're going back to the like your wife being like calling your shit mm -hmm. when i was called on like that you have like your true self is a piece of shit you need to work on that mm -hmm. like then it was i was open to being myself in front of everyone else too and that's when shit started popping off yeah when, when was that or how how long ago was that uh it was literally two weeks before the pandemic hit so I, 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 have a, I have a couple questions for you, or maybe, we'll see. So a lot of times when people are overweight, and I'm making a comparison, but you'll, yeah. you'll see you'll, you'll mm -hmm. how I'm So when they, they, they have a lot of weight on them, then they lose weight, and then all of a sudden they're like, people just seem to like me more. People are shallow. But they're also applying themselves towards people in a whole different way, right? So some people don't have awareness of it. Some people do. Some, some people mm -hmm. do. When you start, when things started popping off for you, when you look back on the way that you were before and the way that people treated you before, do you forgive them? Yes. My, I look at weight very differently. Mm -hmm. I've fluctuated weight my whole life. I've gotten, not my whole life, but I've gotten very big. I've gotten very small. In high school, I had eating disorders. I was a, I would take X-lax every day. I would eat 500 calories, and then I would poop it out. Yeah, like, it sounds like you had a shitting disorder, too. I did. Yeah, that's. I was <laughs> like, that's the most man-eating disorder. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to vomit. Yeah, I'll just shit it out. shit a lot. I just shit. I would <laughs> like, that's what I would do. And my family, like... Like, my family is large. Did I come you, Did you from... ever experiment with shitting, like, sitting positions? You ever cross your legs? Never like, you cross. that much. No. I just would do it, and I would be very ashamed of it. Yeah. 
I'm thinking if you could even do that, like put one leg up on the knee like a man. Oh, and, and shit, shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's that, Squatty Potty? Yeah. You We're not have... sponsored by Squatty Potty, but I just... Yeah. I, I have one of those. Does it work? Yeah. Why are we... Now, are you sponsored by Squatty Potty? I should be. <laughs> you I should, should be. be. <laughs> man, I, I, I've always had a love for the way Asian people shit. Hey guys, before we get back into the episode, I want to say that this one is also sponsored by 607 Sound, based out of Elmira, New York. Uh, they're a local underground upstate music platform. Um, they're actually executive producing an album called Integrated Affinity Volume 1, featuring artists from the 607, like Blicka Don, Anthony Cannon, MBK Richie, and more, uh, as well as artists you've seen on Bucked Up, like Jay Skies and Deuce Ellis as well as a host of others that could be soon, like Tony Boy, Gaines, Chill Ali, Brother Tom SOS, Camouflage Monk, and Origino. Uh, keep up with 607 Sound through their website, 607sound.com, and socials, and stay tuned for that album release coming soon. Uh, let's get back into it. You like watch travel documentaries? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Even when they're shitting, it looks like they're bowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got Irish with that one. <laughs> back, what's back to the no, but my weight. I do forgive people uh, about that shit. I weight's just something that fluctuates. But on no, me. but I mean, I'm not even talking about in regards to weight though. I'm talking about so you had an epiphany with with your character, just character development. Oh period. yeah. Mm-hmm. So now that you are working on your character, you're developing yourself. When you look back at the way people treated your former character, do you forgive them for the way oh, they treated Oh, yeah, I was a piece of shit. Yeah. I was a piece of shit, and I realized that. And until I wanted... It's so dumb. Until I made those... Op- there were so many things that happened, right? Getting, uh, getting broken up with, pandemic hitting, losing comedy doing dmt like there were a lot of like things that happened yeah. all that all changed me as a person that i came out better as and when i look back at my old self i realized that was all beneficial mm. but i was lost and i didn't have a path okay Dude, and i that's hard to find a path yeah and i'm on a path now that i know like yeah yeah, yeah. i i know like i don't know how other else to describe it to people i mean well you know the path you know, you'll mm-hmm. take the next step, but you don't know where you're going yet. You're no. ca- you're carving out a path now, which is something that you probably weren't trying to do before. You probably were trying to find a laid out path or some sort of uh, some way to automate life so that you don't have to think hard, work hard, you know? Yeah. So like when your wife said those things to you, you probably had something in the back of your mind that you're like, I'm going to try to make this work forever. Possibly. I hope so. I would like to believe that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a bad example. I, I don't want to compare work to that because those are two very different things. No. But I just have this thing where before I kind of knew, but now I know exactly what. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I do know what's going to happen. Do you mind if I ask you what it is? I mean, you can keep it. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I, I, it's Maybe I won't go deep into it, but we're ta- you were talking about you're a deeply spiritual person. Mm-hmm. I am too. And I believe that the things that I'm creating will lead me to what I want to do, which is have, like, and I have talked about this on the podcast. My dad's favorite movie growing up was Dave Chappelle's Block Party. 
I grew up listening to rap. I knew every word to The Predator by Ice Cube when I was like six years old. I fucking, that's what I would listen to. I want to have these festivals or comedy and rap. Like, and I'm already doing it. The first one, if you're listening now, is coming up in Brooklyn, October 9th. I'm getting like real rappers and real comedians coming out, doing a show. And it's like, oh shit, I can, these things that I always wanted to do, I can actually create. Yeah. That's pretty sick. And people are right. This is such a thing that's so shitty, but I don't know if, like when Pete, before the podcast, you were saying that like, you were getting recognition, like you were getting good feedback. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. Like I've never had anything that's gotten like good feedback on a national scale. Not that I'm getting a national scale, but it's weird having people message me being like, what you're doing is really like helping me. Yeah. And it's like, that's what podcasts did for me when I got in my hockey accident, when I got my head trauma. I listened to podcasts. I listened to, uh, fuck, I, like, I listened to Joe Rogan from episode 400. Like, I had never heard someone follow their dreams and say how to be a positive person and how to do that shit. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, I can. So let, what did you think of people that were like that before the head trauma? I was so envious of them because my life was so... Uh, my mom's a private school teacher. My grandma worked at Johns Hopkins. We're so proper. They would buy me vineyard vines. I would wear all this proper vineyard vine shit. But my dad was a musician and would play me rap music. And they nice. hated each other. Yeah. And it, I was used as a manipulation tool between them shit, their shit. Like, my mom called the cops on my dad and got him arrested for weed just because she wanted him out of the house. But she's a private school teacher. So yeah. it's like, I was so envious of people who were just them, who didn't care about what they were saying. They didn't have secrets that they were holding. They got up on stage and they said whatever. They had podcasts where they had real conversations and they said stuff that like, why would you ever say like why would you admit that stuff it's like because it feels good and because maybe it'll help someone else out there yeah it's pretty sick that's so i've i've always uh it's cuz i've always existed in spaces where people were more like your past self like variants cuz you know i'm i'm hanging out with a lot of you know other kids that are academically gifted mm -hmm. they're i was also lucky to have my, my dad was a serious athlete my mom was like a state champ in the 100 meter dad you know so it's like I've, I've had sports as a part of my life always too but you know i was i was i was a kind of a confident kid and i would always have friction with uh like angrier people yeah. you know and it was it was tough too because i, I wanted I wanted them to see that I wasn't doing this to make them upset. You know what I mean? And it was, um, it, it took me a long time to, to learn that, like, I just have to give them their space and let them work that out, you know? It's, when did you learn that? Well, uh, let's see what time is it. <laughs> 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 now, I would say it was, it was fairly recent because I struggled with that through comedy for quite a, quite a while because, again, in comedy, you're dealing with a lot of people that are like insecure, not sure of themselves. And then, like, I would always do well on stage and be pretty, you know, show up. But it's like, I'm not, my confidence isn't at you. You know, like, I've worked hard, I've done a lot of things. I believe in myself. Mm 
Yeah. Like, that's the only thing this is. I don't not believe in you, right? Like, I, I, have, I would love for you to also believe in yourself. It makes my situation in you know a lot easier. You ever to read deal Be with. Here Now? No. Um, there's a part. It's by uh, Terrence McKenna. Mm. Is it's by is it by Ramdas or Terrence McKenna? It sounds more Ramdas. I think it's Ram. Yeah, yeah. it's Ramdas. I'm sorry. Um, and he's a point where it's like the homeless. I've said this on the podcast before, but it's like a homeless guy yelling on the street. Yeah, yelling on the street. He's Jesus. And he goes up to him, and he's like, that's awesome, man. I'm Jesus, too. Everyone's Jesus. And the homeless guy's like, no, fuck you. I'm Jesus. And he's like, oh, he's not Jesus because he doesn't realize we're all Jesus. Yeah. And that's kind of the, like, Jesus is such a shitty term in that, but it's like, I realize I'm special because I realize anybody could be special if they put in that work. Dude, that's it. Nobody's key. And so one of the, one of the one, here's a phenomenon I find really interesting because... I, I laugh about it all the time because I'm I've, I've always been hyper aware of it, but it still gets me. Mm-hmm. Anytime you are outside of a group that you want to be in, it feels as though there are forces conspiring to keep you out. Dude, I think that is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> that is so funny to me. Yeah, and it's also I don't know how you feel about like you you do comedy in Philly, mm-hmm. like that's a scene, and. As much as I want to be part of the like Boston scene, I also am trying to do stuff outside of that. I don't want to be so my energy can't go into the like yeah, being part of that. So it's not even like I feel like they're conspiring, but it's like I have to I only have cer- certain amount of parts of my pie and I can't put enough of that into the like it's not politicking. Yeah, but ho- ho- hear me out. Right before you even finish that, so me and my guys, one of the things that you realize that um, you got to operate from a position of abundance, right? And this is my this is my wife. This is my wife read a book a, a few years ago, and this became a thing. We we get really into like this sounds like a good idea. We can adopt this to our lives and like just do it because you know we have what else are you gonna do in life, right? Yeah. So like eleven years ago, I say maybe twelve years ago. We decided we were just going to stop complaining. Just won't complain about anything. Just see what happens. And it's crazy how all, like, all of a sudden you start becoming a positive person. And you start, you start suddenly becoming smarter. Because in your head, when something happens, you're not complaining. You just start figuring out how different ways you can solve it. And even if it's not something you can solve, the exercise of doing that just makes you a smarter person. And, like, keeping it positive, right? Yeah. So... So I backed up to say, oh, so the pie. You got to operate from a position of abundance. So because what happens is if you believe that you only have so so much pie, you start protecting it, right? And when you protect anything, you hold on to it tightly. When you hold on to anything tightly, you're holding on to something too tightly, right? So the pie is infinite. And that that is the phrase that me and my, like my Philly comedian guys, we operate from a position that the pie is infinite. I needed to hear that so bad because I think about that like weight too, where it's like I've gained like 20 pounds recently from the lowest. And I think about this and this all ties together where it's the abundance, where it's I'm like, I don't have enough time. 
But it's like, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do, asshole. Like you're you have plenty of time to do anything anything. Like, how did you lose all that weight before you made time to work out? How did you how do you do anything? How did you get any like you make time? There is an abundance. It's not like and when you start getting that mindset where it's closed off, you do start thinking, Oh, I don't have time for that. Like yeah. I don't have time for that. And then that shit never happens. Yeah. And I'm pretty good at making time for things. But you can always get better. Like, why would I think this is my peak? Like, why can't yeah, I yeah, make? Yeah. Like, uh, there's always more time to make. Yeah, dude, and especially too. I was just talking to my niece about this last night. When you're in service to others, it just it's, everything seems to work out. Like, just be of like genuinely be of service to others, and it will work out. So, and to, from the littlest thing, right? So, so I'm on this podcast with you right now, and you brought me on this podcast as a guest, and so now your listeners, your viewers, you're, they're seeing me on this podcast. So. I, I, wanted, I want them to think you're brilliant for having me here, right? So I also want them to be entertained. So I'm just like, I'm being of service to them. I'm being of service to you. And then you take that one step further. You, I was, I'm here on recommendation of Irish and Ani. That means a lot to me. So I get to make them look great in your eyes, yeah. right? So none of this is about me. Like, I'm, I'm here... I'm just being of service, and this is fucking easy. It feels good to be of service to people. Man. I think about that in the way it's like <laughs> helping others is the most selfish thing that you can do because it's like hundred percent agree. You know, because that feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's true. That's my favorite thing. Like another reason I started this podcast is because I love putting people together. Mm-hmm. When I was, uh, I don't even remember who said it to me. But someone said, don't bring groups of friends together. Yeah. It, they'll never get along if you bring two groups of friends. And that's so stupid. My whole thing about this is I want to introduce people. Like I want to make a web of awesome people that I know who are disciplined and passionate. That everywhere there's just cool people that I can fucking work with, talk to know like oh you need someone who does this let me put you in contact with them yeah. oh you need someone in that town i got you i got you know yeah, like yeah, yeah well what used to happen back in the day is you would put friend groups together and then the friends would the, like the two groups would get together and realize you weren't cool <laughs> just start roasting yeah, you. yeah yeah so then that became a phrase like dude don't put friend groups together. <laughs> it's like that's true one person on the outskirts of town like don't put your friend uh. groups together <laughs> Then you end up like me. (laughs) (laughs) Living under a bridge complaining about, don't mix the groups. (laughs) And that is the lineage of my family. (laughs) (laughs) Wait wait a second, you also think friend groups shouldn't be mixed? (laughs) Let's fucking never tell anyone about it. <laughs> Just like secretively fucking and making a family. <laughs> That's how gypsies were made. <laughs> oh my god. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think that's a comedian thing. Like I don't know why you, but I also like to get up on stage and just be like, "There's no secrets." Uh, there's yeah. I will. Th- I can get in front of a room of. 500 people and tell them the most intimate things about myself and I'm okay with it because growing up I was trying to I was trying to hold that back for so long yeah I mean I think it, it can go two ways in comedy and I think talented people 
you know, so one of the things that we, uh, I mean, not to, not to be doing a promotion, but I don't want to. So my podcast, Two Jack Bros, what we do, we're exploring consciousness, right, with comedians and stuff. But on the Patreon, we are, so we go, we ask people questions, you know, through like a, like a, the hierarchy of consciousness, and we kind of go up that ladder. And then on the Patreon, we do it the same thing, but the dark version of each one, yeah, right? Because there's there's no guaranteed path that is, is the path, right? If you dedicate yourself to... Dude, you could, you could reach enlightenment, I believe, wholeheartedly as a serial killer. You, yeah. c- you could get so good at serial killing that you just fucking reach enlightenment, <laughs> you know? And I like I wholeheartedly believe that. So in in comedy, you can have you can go all about yourself and still become a really talented comedian and get far and be known, you know. But there's gonna be something about it where it's like there's just something like I'm laughing, but I'm not like bell- like I'm not like doubling over with laughter. I'm not like there's a different type of connection that you get when you're when you're when you're being of service to people it's just it's just everything feels different when i was young and i got in that hockey accident the head trauma laid in a dark room couldn't listen to music couldn't go outside all i could do was listen to people talk yeah. so i listened to podcast stand up i would li- i got to i was young and i fell in love with stand up like i fell in love with it like that's all i so then i would reach out to like todd glass when i was 17 Todd Glass invited me backstage to the Wilbur Theater to see him open for Jim Gaffigan. I got to sit in his green room. And then when I went out to L.A., I got to be on Todd Glass's podcast twice when I was a no, when I was just a kid who had head trauma and loved his podcast. Yeah. So you, you, know, Blake, was you like, know Blake Wexler? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it's... Shout out Blake and Tom. <laughs> <laughs> for real. And... The love that these comedians, Jen Kirkman, another one who was so nice to me. It's so funny because that's not even like the style of comedy that I'm now going towards. Mm-hmm. But like just the love that these comedians, Tony Hinchcliffe, another one that he, he I did my first stand up ever at the belly room on Kill Tony. Mm-hmm. I used a fake ID to get in and I got on and he, Brody Stevens was there, rest in peace. And they were just so nice and yeah. so kind that I was like, but that's they're, the they're also talented. So talented. And that's who I want to be. I'm not I'm I'm a I do as much as I can. I want to get to my ten thousand hours as fast as possible and double that and triple that. I'm not a slacker. Like yeah. I'm disciplined and that yeah. with comedy. Dude, like, just be a giver. You I mean I I've never seen you do stand up. And so I, I can't, I, I, I'm not, it, what I'm about to say is going to sound like advice, but it's not advice from a position of knowing what you do. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, I totally, yeah. Right? So, but dude, just be a giver. You grow so much more. Like all of the people that you named, I, I know I've, I've worked with a decent amount of them. They're givers. They're very open people. Like I opened up for Jen Kirkman like four years ago, uh, right before her, her big comedy special. Like she was like promoting that. Yeah. And uh, she was just super, just super giving in the green room and it was just a not just just of her time of her um of her vulnerability you know she didn't have to she didn't have to do that for me yeah and it was um was, she also like had a ridiculous uh flu probably covid back then it was uh she probably 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 patient zero for covid <laughs> no big deal just got off torah china i once i once almost got covid from jen kirkman 40 four years ago <laughs> 
cut it. That's the clip. That's the clip. We're using that. I don't care about any of the serious shit. <laughs> Imagine if that's the only thing I promote. Is, does Jack Kirkman give comedians COVID? Is, Dude. <laughs> and also, like, just comfort in, like, good, 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 good conversation in COVID. That's no big, no big deal. She's that's very giving. She's very giving. <laughs> but, man... Thank you so much for doing this. I really yeah, do appreciate you coming on. This is really awesome. And um, if you're ever in Mass, let me know. I will not be. <laughs> You'll never do shows in Mass? Never. Never. Well, then never come to my fucking state. This is a... Now I'm there. Now I am. <laughs> See, you get me. Delete the file. I don't want this episode released. This is going on our non-existent Patreon. <laughs> do you want to promote your podcasts and yeah uh stuff. check out two jack bros we call it like you know we're we're, we're trying to uh figure out a way to keep our inappropriate sense of humor yet somehow reach a higher consciousness and enlightenment and we're you know we we have guests on to like pick their brain and steal their secrets you know yeah and give them to you we're just we're stealing we're like ro- we're like the robin hood of mental health i guess <laughs> <laughs> stealing from the rich giving to the mentally challenged yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, that's not how I would have said it. <laughs> I would have said still from the rich give to the retarded. But you're a good guy. <laughs> you're a good guy, but retarded people need shit too. <laughs> uh Instagram. You don't you're not a social media guy. I mean, I'm on it. You can like I will put my stuff on there. I'm not I'm not an active guy. I try to like exist in the moment and eat as much pussy as possible. <laughs> Eating pussy. Yeah. That's where I spend my time, I'm probably gonna die soon. Uh, <laughs> a pussy no, asphyxiation. It, yeah. <laughs> what a way to go! That would be the best way, way to way die. To Just unless you, uh, no, because this is gonna get real dark for a second, guys. And I apologize, but I woke up at a party in college once to a girl dressed as Jean from Bob's Burgers sitting on my face, and that would have been the worst way to die. Okay, I could see that. <laughs> I can see that. But what? What, was it Michael Douglas that got cancer from eating so much pussy? Wait, can you get canceled from eating? No, too- he got throat cancer. Who's oh, throat that, cancer. I thought he said, said he got canceled from eating too dude, much. There is no way the Me Too movement is going <laughs> to no. cancel a dude out there. Like just patriotically uh, he's just like, munching He salutes puss. in that pussy. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Thank you for coming on, man. Thank you. Bye.